other ways of thinking because like who knew right there are so many other ways to think so that's really what i love the most about this whole interviewing thing is just to meet the different people that um, have different experiences and bring that into their lives for the betterment of other people so i'm like an energy that happened by connecting with people and you know hearing other people's stories and built like a bigger network so i think it's a really wise thing to do because it just you just cast a, a bigger net and you build a bigger connection with people and and then it's it's like people just are very supportive in that way you know so i you. Welcome to the Merciless Podcast with your host, me, Beth Fisher. Hey guys, what's up? It's actually me, Beth. Welcome to episode number 21. Okay, you know, every week when I look to see what number episode we are on, it always shocks me. But this one in particular, because I went, wait, 21 episodes. Time flies when you're having fun. And also, 21 immediately popped some things into my mind. No, for those of you who knew me, it's not my 21st birthday. Can't remember much about that. It's uh, a little embarrassing, but you know, I was at the Ohio State University. Yes, the, when I turned 21. So enough about that. No, what it uh, really brought to my mind is blackjack. Okay, please don't judge, right? This is a non-judgmental space we're in here. But it's where my family spent a ton of their time. My Italian family played lots and lots of card games for pennies around the table and blackjack, 21, was one of them. My grandpa would like drink warm beer out of a little shot glass and there was a million people, more a million people in the kitchen. I think the kitchen was most of the square footage of that house actually. My grandmother would cook some amazing homemade Italian meal and everybody would talk over each other. Hands were flailing, right? It's like one big scene from The Sopranos. But that's it, 21, blackjack. That's what this number brought to mind. So I hope you guys are excited for this episode um, because really, there's a tie-in with what I just shared with you. My guest today is Beverly Sartain, and she is a holistic coach. She owns the Holistic Training Institute. She's also the author of Transcending Trauma, How I Used Spiritual Psychology to Heal My Life. So there's a lot of work that's done around inner child work. And as I mentioned to you guys, this whole thing brought back my memories of childhood. And you know, I'm sure you're right there with me that there are often some really good memories, some really grounding and foundational memory, um, you know, memories and um, who we are basically, right? Just like who we came to be up through our childhood. But there are also some very painful memories that we all have. And so as we continue to go through life, those present themselves pretty much at the most inopportune times. So. Beverly is just this amazing human being. She's very grounded. She's incredibly calming. She's wise, wise, wise counsel. And I just can't wait for you guys to settle in, buckle up, and join us for this journey. me today on Remorselessly Biblical. I'm really, really glad you're here. <laughs> me too. Thanks for having thank me. I really appreciate being able to be in this space with you. Yeah, thank you. One of the things that I always tell our viewers and listeners is how I meet the people um, that agree to come on here. Because I just am a really big believer in um, the world, the universe kind of working out as it should, right? That people are, we're drawn to one another and that people come in and out of our, our paths and on our journeys at just the right time for just the right reason. So I found you because you are a holistic coach. 
And when you and I started to speak, I was like, I couldn't stop listening to you. I was like, tell me more. And I just was incredibly drawn. So can you share with everybody just, you know, what it is that you do with the Holistic Training Institute and just sort of your background? Yeah, I would love to share my background. Well, I always start really at my breakdown, which was really my breakthrough. So I was a helping professional and I was in my mid-20s. And I basically had this epiphany one day at work. I was working at a nonprofit domestic violence shelter um, as a program manager there. And I, I just had this realization that I was really good at helping other people, but not good at helping myself. Mm. Um, and what I really mean by that, because now I realize I wasn't helping at my best either, um, was just the, the awareness of, I would prefer to help somebody else than help myself was the awareness that I had. And it didn't feel good. It didn't, it wasn't a good feeling to think I am focusing more on service to others as a way of escaping myself. And so it was a really big aha moment for me. And it, it started um, a long recovery and healing journey at that time. And I'm, I'm really so glad that it did happen then because there were so many beautiful things that transpired from that. And um, it really changed the trajectory of my life because I had that awareness and I made some steps to do things differently. Um, and so at that point, it, I started to go to therapy and get some support, um, which was also really difficult because I saw myself as somebody as a helper. And so to admit that I wasn't able to help myself was a really hard thing. And it took me quite some time to get to the point. Um, I had a lot of consequences in my experience and I got to a really bad place mentally and emotionally inside of myself that almost forced my hand, to be honest, just forced my hand that I really had to get some support. I wasn't able to do it on my own. Um, and that really started this journey. Um, and I was about six months into my recovery from substances, but not just substances. I mean, I was, I had really poor relationships. Um, I feel like I was using relationships as a way to fill that void inside of myself. I was always an overworker. I really love to use work to feel valuable and worthy. Um, and I, over, I was an overgiver. I, I took over responsibility. I was overgiving to people and then feeling resentful. And mm -hmm. um, so there was a lot of codependency that was happening for me and my behaviors. And so there was a lot to clean up. I mean, there really was a lot to clean up. And I'm really happy that spiritual psychology came on my path at that point. Mm -hmm. There was a coworker that I had that was going to school at the University of Santa Monica. And he, he just knew me and knew me well and knew I was kind of at a crossroads and introduced me to the spiritual psychology program. And I ended up getting a master's degree in spiritual psychology. And so learning those principles and paradigms really came in at such an incredible time for me because I was just at this place in life where I knew I can't carry on this way of being that I've been being with myself, which was a lot of self-loathing and self-deprecation and just a lot of negativity inside of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I just at that point knew there's got to be a different way to be 
inside of myself and relating to myself. And so spiritual psychology really gave that to me. And that was really kind of the first time that the spiritual level really came in full swing. And I think it's because I did some really good work on the mental and emotional levels to get to some stability. And then the spiritual level was able to come in. And then now I feel like it's really impacted my physical level in a really, really great way um, because those all four levels are feeling well-rounded and well-balanced for me. Um, And so, uh, you know, carried on with nonprofit work for about 10 years, um, worked at a nonprofit treatment facility, doing co-occurring work with mental health and substance use, became a substance abuse counselor, and then kind of hit a crossroads in my career, I would say, where it was like, I felt like there was something else. There was, you know, there was another step in my actualization. Um, And it, I didn't know if it was social work or becoming a therapist, but it felt different than that. And at that point, um, the universe brought in coaching and that's, I, I just, I signed up for a coach program. And once I started to do it, I was like, this is it. I just, this is how I'm going to make my mark. This is how I'm going to create my own mission and and actualize my own mission versus versus somebody else's. Um, And so I've been on that journey for six, seven years now. And um, just last year, started the Holistic Coach Training Institute, where now we teach other people how to coach so that we can have this beautiful ripple effect of people learning how to coach, but also facilitating a space where people get to just utilize their own strengths, their own resources, their own inner wisdom, um, so that they can create something that feels really meaningful for them. So yeah, yeah thank you. I hear all, <laughs> I, I love, I could listen to this all, all day, because really, it's just you've outlined such a beautiful, it's a journey, right? It's all of this. And so what I, I hear a lot of is, um, there were initially maybe some boundaries, you know, and some vulnerability and some walls that were put up from a self-preservation and protection standpoint um, to deal with your own hurts and traumas and life things. And then you all of a sudden get to, I think we all do, a crossroads in our our lives. And we just say, this this can't be it. I know I'm worth more, but sort of the paradox is that um, we've been living like we're not worth more. We've been doing for everybody else, but not ourselves. And then once we, I think, come to a, a place of, awareness like you you always share with us and teach us when we become aware that we matter too right that we have this worth and mattering and sense of wholeness that awaits us it's then how do we get that into an alignment and i love that you teach all of those um together because some people can be physically healthy and physically in shape but their mental game is not strong and so that just becomes another misalignment because then self-awareness right do you ever find that self-awareness um, does not always lead to self-management. And yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I have this discussion all the time, you know, because yeah. um, awareness is great, but you have to do something with the awareness. Yeah. And that's why I love teaching people coaching, because coaching is not just about having an awareness or a discovery or an insight. It's about what, now that you've had that, now that you had that incredible insight, awareness, or discovery, now what? You know, mm-hmm. what do you want to do with it? What do you want to do differently? You know, what are the possibilities now that you have had this awareness? So I, I'm, I, as you know, I'm really big into application. And I actually think that that's why I was able to have the transformation that I had. Um, because when I receive information, 
I take the information and I look for the insider, my personal insider awareness. Mm -hmm. And then I look for what am I going to do with this? How am I going to take this and put it into physical world reality so that I can um, receive a shift, have a breakthrough, have a transformation? And so I'm always looking at everything through that lens of what's my insight here? What's my learning here? And and now, you know, how am I going to take that and do something with it? And that's really what I think made my healing go as quickly as it did, um, because I've just always taken that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And leaned into it. Do you find that people who have the awareness, but then don't know how to translate that into action, into self-management, like doing something, answering the now what, do you feel like those are the folks that become the most um, sort of disgruntled and stuck, right? They just are sort of, they know, but they don't then know how to apply it. So they kind of just get miserable after a while, right? Like I've lived in that space as well. Like I know there's more to this and I'm aware of my giftings or I'm aware of my passions and desires, wirings, whatever we you know label and call those things. But then I'm like, well, so what do I do with them? <laughs> yeah. Know, how do I apply them? So what, how do you help people um, tap into that? Yeah. In spiritual psychology, one of the paradigms that they share is about, you know, victim consciousness versus creator consciousness. And that was when I heard it for the first time, really just eye opening for me, because I realized when I heard victim consciousness versus creator consciousness, I realized, you know, and in a non-judgmental way, I just had the awareness that I had been living in victim consciousness. And in fact, if I stayed in victim consciousness, I had another awareness that I wasn't going to be able to heal in the way that I wanted to. And I also wasn't going to be able to co-create or build the life that I truly wanted to live. Because I knew if I stayed in this perspective of poor me or why me or this always happens to me um, or, you know, look at what they did to me. Um, if I stayed in that space, which I had been living in for a long time, I knew I wasn't going to actualize my potential. And there was a certain part of the journey where actualizing my potential came, became more important to me than holding on to the old story of I'm a victim to something or someone or the world. Um, I went through what I always say is like a shedding you know, a shedding of the ego, a shedding of the victim consciousness, and eventually kind of stepped into that creator consciousness, which just just means really like taking ownership and personal responsibility and noticing your choice points and, you know, making the best decision you can in alignment with the truth of who you really are. Um, and so I just started to go more into that direction which is really has been in alignment with me actualizing my fullest potential. And I just became aware that I was never going to actualize my fullest potential from that victim consciousness um, place inside of my own consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the narrative, right? I heard yeah. you say that it's, um, I'm, it's, this is sort of, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on to that story. I'm hanging on to that false belief or that victim mentality, like you say, that just sort of, Reminds us. At it was every an turn. identity, Beth. I mean, it was that's an it. identity for me. And that's why yeah. we see so many people have a hard time with it. Because, you know, I've worked with people that have substance abuse issues 
or they see themselves, you know, with a label of mental health, a particular, you know, mental health diagnosis, um, or they've had specific traumas. And so, you know, I, I've had all of those things myself too. And yeah. so I, it, it was really hard for me to let go of my humanness, you know, for me to de-identify from my humanness as the truth of who I am. Yeah. Um, but when I was learning spiritual psychology, it was the first time that I heard I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And that yes. was the, the paradigm that like just, you know, I want to say like broke something in me, but in a good way, you know, it, like cracked yeah. open my heart and started to open me up to the loving um, because it was it was like it, it shifted something in my consciousness because my whole Almost life like permission. Yeah. Yeah. I had been yeah. I had been identifying with this shame and guilt for all of my bad choices as a human. And it was the first time I realized like, no, those things are not the truth of who I am. The truth of who I am is I am a spiritual being and I can forgive myself and have compassion and go through this process of healing this, the humanness, you know? And so that's essentially what I did to, to create that journey. Yeah. yeah. Healing the brokenness. I love it because we all are like that. And I think we have so many more connection points than differentiators totally. in life. And I, and I think we get so stuck on and hung up on, well, this person or that person or that group of people, like whatever we box people into a construct and we say, it's almost as if we have to have a right and a wrong. Yeah. Like if we're doing something one way, then that must mean that every other way is wrong. And that has been my, was my upbringing and experience with religion. I was like, oh, well, this is what I believe. So this must mean that everybody else is wrong. And, but then the other side of me, the spiritual side of me mm -hmm. questioned that all the time. And I thought, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel loving. It doesn't feel whole. It feels like an isolationist sort of mentality as if we are ridiculing people that we're supposed to love and be in relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. And so just that awareness has, it's freeing, right? Wouldn't you say just with everything you've been through and you teach people comes a profound sense of freedom, right? Yeah. I love that. It's like you're freeing yourself, yeah. you know, like that's the part. You know, I, I love just remembering that, you know, and I, I can remember there was someone in particular in my life um, and this person is a coach and they, they support other people. But I can remember hearing her say, like, no one's coming, you know, no one's coming to save you. Mm -hmm. um, and that really rang true. You know, like I'm the one that has to save myself. And the truth is, you know, the way that I was trying to cope with life was just bringing me down to my knees. And I knew I needed a different way to not only cope with life, but to move into healing and then to move into thriving. Because like I said, ultimately, I wanted to live my fullest potential. I didn't just want to cope or survive life. And I feel like I spent so many years just in survival mode. And I really wanted to move through that energy of survival mode and really be a co-creator in my life. Yeah. Um, so that was the intention. Yeah. yeah. I love that you say that because you are doing that. It's, it's very apparent, right? You are creating this space and time and everything. You just light up because you're living that really authentic version of you. You're, you're doing exactly what you were put on this earth to do. And, um, you know, when you talked about identity, that's the part that really, um, cause I know you have, as you've mentioned, this nonprofit experience and, yeah. you know, that's where I am. I am every day. I'm yeah. in, a, in, a, in a homeless shelter where I see people, um, with all sorts of substance abuse issues or um, just they don't have a support system. Oftentimes people will say, well, just get a job, right? As if that's going to solve homelessness. Um, 
you know, but really what it is, I find to your point is an issue of identity. Am I worth this? Because then you start to identify with that victim mentality and then you, you stay there. You stay stuck in that wrong narrative that you're only ever worth this or, well, you know, if I keep making these choices, well, this is as good as it gets. And I think for me, the biggest awakening I've had on my journey is that we all literally have the same amount of mattering and the same potential and the same, same amount of worth as spiritual beings. Like I can't overstate that because there is to me so many, uh, issues and divides and injustices in this world when we get off of that track of understanding that there is no us and them like it's it's one you know it's that that's my language for it it's just this sort of beautiful reciprocity in terms of living this difficult human existence but if we look at it with the lens that you speak about which is no we're spiritual beings all of us here and we're having very different human experiences and humanity is rough um but when you tap into right? The inner self, then the external, the co-creation of all that looks a whole lot different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's really important that message of oneness. Um, and I really believe it starts with each of us, you know, so that's, that's why my journey, I've tried to be the demonstration of the things that I now share with people, but my, I, I had, I did it wrong at the beginning, in a sense, because I was trying to go outside in. I was trying to serve other people, but not serve myself. Mm. You know, we hear that messaging a lot, like be of service. You need to serve other people. And, you know, part of my messaging is you have to take good care of yourself to be of service to somebody else. Right. So it's like we have to remember the helper, the healer. The person that is the one that is providing the service also needs to be serving themselves. And I feel like when that's happening, then we can be of service from such a better place. You know, you are letting your cup overflow. You have good energy for yourself and those you love. Like that's such a different service than just overgiving, over responsibility to, to try to feel some sense of worth and value. So I always feel like that is a, a really important message that like the healing, the the recovery, the journey starts with us and it can start right now. You know, it's just looking at what are the narratives, the beliefs, the stories that come up in your consciousness that you feel are getting in the way of your highest actualization, your highest potential. And then those are the things that you start to resolve and work on. And once those things are resolved, they really do and can be resolved. When those things start to dissolve, then that, just think of all that time and energy and worry that gets freed up to actually be turned into love and grace and compassion and non-judgment. Like it's, it's such an extraordinary process to go through. So, yeah. I love it. And the other one of your key messages that I I love listening to you share as well is just about being present, Mm -hmm. you know. And so can you share a little bit about from your perspective what has worked for you or maybe just like um, a ritual or how you actually become present in the course of what we look around can be a chaotic world that we live in? How do you do that? Well, it's it's changed a lot over the years, right? Next month will be 15 years of recovery and healing for me. 
Um, and so when I first started my journey, it felt really scary to get present because the truth is when you've been masking your unresolved traumas for many years with whatever coping mechanisms, and then you stop doing those coping mechanisms, then it's it's like everything comes to the surface in a sense. And that's why so many people are afraid of the process or don't want to do the process. But the, the truth is we can't keep pushing the energy down. We have to let it come up and acknowledge it and work through it. We have to work through that energy. And so um, that's just something that you know, is near and dear to, to my heart to do. And so it can be hard to get present to that at first. And that's why it's good to have some support going so that you can be present to what you need to be present to there. Um, but you can also feel supported from others. So when I first started, I really started on the four levels, the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, because I didn't have any type of routine to support mm -hmm. myself. And so through spiritual psychology, learning those four levels and actually creating a practice around those four levels every day started to create some stability for me, some, some inner safety and just consistency. Um, I, I'm somebody who does follow through with, with what I say I'm going to do. And so I became very disciplined around that practice. But it wasn't like a practice like, I have to do this practice. It was, I want to do this practice, um, again, because I needed that support. So that, that's a great way to start your process, um, to use those four levels. Now I'm much more intuitive because um, I have cultivated a relationship with the universe over the years um, and receive a lot of guidance from the universe that um, now, first of all, I've set up my, my days in a way, you know, I've picked, picked a career. I've, um, my relationship with my husband is a certain way. There's, there's a lot of spaciousness, um, which I love and I personally need. Um, and there's a lot of creation that comes through me. And so I've intentionally created, uh, a, you know, a, a daily routine that's very spacious. I connect with nature a lot. And so I spend a lot of time in nature. Um, so honestly, the presence is, it's almost there throughout the entire day. That's the truth now, which I haven't even really thought about that until you just asked me, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So I appreciate the question. Yeah. Um, it's more of a, re, like a constant reconnecting. And, and what I mean by that is like if I do a coaching conver conversation with somebody or I, I have a coaching class where I spend, you know, two hours with people, the truth is I'm present there. You know, I'm present with them in a certain way. Um, and then when I come out of that space, then I almost do like a reconnection like to myself again. But it's, it's, it's finding the things that bring you joy. It really mm. is. It's finding the yeah. things that bring you joy. And that's what I'm, I guess, my long-winded answer. Of, I, those are all things that bring me a lot of joy is the spaciousness, is the nature, is the being with the dogs, is, you know, spending time with my husband, who I also work with. Um, we go on walks like two to three times a day together. So there's just, there's just a lot of presence and connection now, yeah. um, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. And intentionality. You're very intentional. Totally. I love intention. Yes. I do. Yes. yes, I know you do. And I and I love that you love it because I mean yeah. it matters. And so, you know, years ago I would be the first person that would hear this kind of information and be like, whatever. Right. You know, like, oh well, okay, so I'll journal or I'll do this or I'll do that. And then it has taken me my own spiritual process because everything is a process. Like you yeah. said, when you first started out 15 years ago, you weren't just by default good at no. it. You just yeah. didn't know what to do. But you, but you showed up and you tried and then you continue to be formed. You continue mm-hmm. to say, okay, this feels good to me. This doesn't so much. How do I cultivate? How do I co-create? And I think that that is my, always my encouragement to people is there is no one right way, but there is one right you, you know? Yeah. So if you can work from the inside and say, this really feels, I feel present. I feel joyful. I feel me fully me. Like I'm, I don't have to hide anymore. Um, then that is just the, the beautiful part about it. So that intentionality, it's important. And, and what you also said is, I don't have to do it. Like, it's not a chore to do this. You desire to do it. It's a privilege to do it and you love it. So, yeah, yeah thank you. So the last thing I want to... Beautiful way of sharing it, Beth. Thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. You, this is what brings... Uh, I know. Me being perfect. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I can talk to her forever. Um I just, I just really appreciate the people that, um, you know, come into our lives for, for those seasons and those reasons that, like you said, we, um, sometimes aren't aware of until you're in the presence of somebody else. And you're like, this makes a lot of sense to me. I'm a little bit afraid because my thinking has never aligned with that, Mm -hmm. but people just with their presence and not even with words can really start to, um, yeah, break down those barriers, which Mm -hmm. I love. Mm -hmm. So will you please share with everybody the last thing before I let you go is just, I know you wrote this amazing book that shares um, much of what we've spoken about today and you've shared with us. Can you talk a little bit about what that is, um, when you wrote it and where people can find it? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote a book, Transcending Trauma, How I Use Spiritual Psychology to Heal My Life. Um, And this is a book just so near and dear to my heart if if and I, I know you've written a book too right like so when you're when you're somebody who for a long time you like you want to write that book <laughs> you know? i think people can really appreciate that you know because i really feel like there's so many of us who feel like there's a book in us um and that we have uh, something to share a voice to share with people um and i have to say like writing this book was it, the book is dedicated to my inner child Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a really good reason, because when I really didn't feel like I had a voice when I was younger, um, my little girl always was someone who liked to express through words. And so the truth is, I feel like I was going to write this book for a really long time. Um, I wanted to write the book when I was about three or four years into my recovery. And it just it didn't it didn't come through that way. And now, you know, it took 11 years uh, um, from when I wrote it. And I can see now that there's a reason that it took that long. There was some more unfolding that needed to happen. I think I, I maybe still had some more um, healing that needed to happen, even though I can't name what that was. I, I think it's just, it comes when it comes. And it and it unfolds how it's meant to unfold. And that was really the process that I went through with the book is just an expression of my truth. And, um, you know, I, I always say, like, the book is about my healing through substances, mental health, and trauma. 
It's obviously called transcending trauma. I really feel like my childhood trauma, unresolved childhood trauma, was a big reason that I got into substance use um, and and some other coping behaviors that I share in the in the book. And I also believe that that then really led to you know some of my anxiety and depression issues. Um, so it's it's a really heartfelt book. Um, it's not like a doom and gloom story. It, in fact, like I said, I, I like to start the story off where there was a breakdown and actually a breakthrough. So that's where the story begins. And the story is very much about how I learned spiritual psychology, what I learned that I applied. And so I, I just felt like I wanted to share that message with people of, you know, here, here's how I took this particular um, philosophy that I was learning, and this is how I took some of this philosophy and actually applied it to my life. These are some of the results I got. I share specific, you know, processes in there. Like I actually share my homework assignments and stuff in the book, so people can see how I really worked worked what I was learning. Um, and I just hope that it offers just my my one person's process towards healing. And I always want people to know that healing, like it's a patchwork of different things. You know, there's a lot of different pathways and to healing. um, And spiritual psychology was the thing that opened me up to the loving and really supported me in letting in love into myself and into my life. And that's how I believe that I was able to resolve some things that felt real heavy for me. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about transcending trauma. Yeah. And so where can people find it? People can get it, um, off of Amazon. That's probably Mm -hmm. the best place for people. Um, the personal power press is, uh, the publisher. So they Mm -hmm. also have it on their website. Um, there's a workbook, uh, that is on the personal power press website. They're, they're really standalones. Like I have the book, I have the workbook, and then I have the spiritual psychology healing course. And so there is a way to to purchase all three if you just if you're feeling like you want to go on that journey of um, receiving some lessons and and you know applying some of the things that you're learning. Then I have that available. But the the book is a great place to start too if if you're interested. Yeah. Perfect. I'm going to link all of that into the show notes, um, as well as a link to your podcast, which you just kicked off. And I'm super excited about for you because I, I I listen to that every morning when I wake up and I'm like, I, I like the, the live coaching sessions, right? So you guys, you can hear Bev be on there and coach people through a process, which is what we're all doing on this journey. We are all learning from one another and saying like, what is, tell me more about this. Why is that important to you? Those questions, you really are probably one of the best question askers I've ever (laughs) been in the presence of. I'm like, tell me more. And what I love and really respect um, about you is that you have such a genuine curiosity Mm -hmm. and you genuinely care about every person that you are holding space with Mm -hmm. because you just want to say, I hear you. I feel you. I sense you. You matter. It's just this immediate I think for me, I was so drawn to you because I immediately went, I don't feel uptight. I don't feel like I have to put on any kind of pretense. I just feel like this rush of calm, which as you know, I, I work through every day. <laughs> That's my own, my own spiritual transformation over here, but I just really appreciate that. And I know that, that others will as well. So I'll, I'll link the book and your Thank podcast you. and all of your resources there. So yeah, I really appreciate that. 
I appreciate you saying that because it is really important for me to hold just a loving space for people. Um, I'm not trying to get anybody to do anything or go anywhere or be any different than they want to be, but I do love to facilitate and hold that loving space so people can discover themselves and make those decisions for themselves. So I appreciate that. And I, I just want to thank you so much for, for being so open and allowing people to come here and share their truths. Um, I truly believe we can lift one another up um, and that there's so much value in just finding commonality, strengths, you know, all of this insight that each of us have and, and lifting that up. Like if we were all doing that for ourselves and the people that are around us, it makes such a big difference. I've seen it over the years. It really makes such a big difference. So thank you for being one of those people. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Sure beats seventh grade middle school girls, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? So, thank you so much for being here today with us. And um, yeah, I just, I appreciate it. So thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks guys, as always, for joining me on today's episode of the Remorseless Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed everything that Bev shared with you during this this time together. She's, um, again, as I mentioned, just really, really wise counsel. Very grateful to have her on the show. I am continuing to show up every day, you guys, in my own journey. I am continuing to walk through doors where I have no idea what's on the other side. I often feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends, but it's with purpose and it's with intentionality because every single person who crosses your path in the course of your day, in the season of your life, is there to tell you something, right? So pay attention, look around, be present in every moment. Do some of the work that Bev taught us about that you just listened to. Really, really lean into the uncomfortable things in your life because again, it's wise counsel, it's telling you something. So I really am thankful that you continue to join me on the show. I am forever grateful for those of you who continue to send in messages and emails and just feedback. So thank you very much. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please do that. If you can rate the podcast, I'd really appreciate that. And we're getting ready, you guys, to launch a series. So join me again next week. Um, Yeah, more to come. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks for showing up.